0: Inshallah, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Just wanna share some quick, exciting news. I have a new ebook out. It's called Marriage Advice for Single Muslims. If you have been thinking about marriage and you have questions that you need answering, such as, once I get married, will I lose my freedom? What are the red flags I should look out for? What's a halal way of finding a prospective spouse? How can I get to know someone without dating? How do I know if he is the one? If they are the type of questions that you have, or maybe you have a friend or a sister who is thinking of marriage, but she needs some answers, then the book Marriage Advice for Single Muslimas is the book for you. You can purchase it at smartmuslima.com. In total, I have answered 28 questions and these are mainly, they're the most common questions that I have been receiving from sisters when I have done the Muslim Marriage Masterclass and then when i, I am, they fill in the survey that's on my website. So take a look, it's uh, smartmuslima.com. I have got the link in the podcast notes as well and I'd love to get your feedback on it on the book as well. <laughs> Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome to another episode of Smart Muslimer. Today, uh, this question that I will be answering is uh, with the help of my um, alhamdulillah, my guest, is um, what should a Muslimer look for in a potential husband? Now that's, I think that's a question that many single sisters have, and so um, what I have found is that we need more clarity when it comes to that answer, and we need, to, and the way we'll get that clarity, inshallah, is by following Allah's guidance. So um, let me introduce you to the sister. Um, she is, uh, her name's Aisha mari and um, Assalamualaikum, sister, how are you? Alaikum wa barakatuh, alhamdulillah, I'm good, thank you, yeah? Alhamdulillah, I'm really well. Um, and so you've been on, you're known as the Scottish beaver Teacher on um, YouTube and Instagram. Can you tell me a little bit, or let the you know listeners know what it is that you do? Um, I think primarily I'm just out there to raise
1: awareness of what true Islam looks like, not the misconceptions and the stereotypes out there. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of, you know, good. So, um Anything that kind of goes towards preserving the, the the Muslims or you know Islam or anything that kind of shows the a true reflection of what Islam is is
0: where I'm usually mm-hmm. at. so Alhamdulillah, so it's it's um da'wah that you're doing at the end of the day. And what? what made you want to do that? Why did you feel you needed to well okay we, we know doing dawah is um is an obligation, but like it's, yeah. it's not an easy thing to do is it to make videos to Absolutely. put yourself out there online what kind of pushed yeah. you to think I, I need to do this
1: um well i was once a non-muslim <laughs> oh, okay yeah um uh, so I, I reverted to islam i think that's the main reason i know what it's like to be on the other side and i know that all that's needed is some clarity you mm-hmm. know like it's real information about what Islam truly is. Yes. Um, because it, it's it's the most stunning thing ever. And it really is. Um, it saved me, you know. It saved me. And I feel like if more people knew about Islam and why it's here and, you know, knew Allah and knew their purpose in life, um, they would be much more happy and content. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm just
0: wanting to be a part of what gives that information to MashaAllah, that's I, I think Alhamdulillah Mela reward you for your efforts. Um, so okay so with this topic then what do you think um like why do you think it's important that um a single woman and we're focusing on the sisters in particular why do um they need to be really clear about what they should look for in a potential husband?
1: Well, I think what Islam brings to Muslim women is their rights and their value. Mm -hmm. So I think when you step outside of the guidance given to you by Allah and by the son of the Prophet, when you step outside that, you and I hate to sound arrogant, but you devalue yourself, you know, so um, I think it's really important that we are reminding each other, you know, that we're worth more and we're worth this, that, and the other, um, as stated in the Quran and the Sunnah, um, so I think just yeah being a part of what remains sisters of their value. Mm-hmm. So we are, yeah. we're awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alhamdulillah and, and this is it, I think that there are too many voices that young Muslim women are, are hearing and mm-hmm. the the loudest voice should be the voice of Islam, and I think and that's what is driving me to, to do this in my podcast is because I see um, so much bad advice being given to Muslim women well, even to non-Muslim women, really. It's it's awful. And they're going into bad relationships. They're going into maybe sometimes rushing into marriage without thinking. And, and, and uh, the thinking really has to be grounded in the Quran and Sunnah. That's what yeah. will really help. And even. It will then help deal with the challenges that their marriage you know the joys and the challenges that marriage give brings when we Mm -hmm. stick to islam that's what helps us get through it um Mm -hmm. so okay so there's do you think maybe there are some negative stereotypes about muslim men at the moment and they are feeding into the way women are thinking about men like do, do you think there's a bit of negativity i'm sensing there is what, what do you What do you uh, think? I think there's definite negativity when it comes to
1: religious Muslim men. Oh, right. Well, I think there's a lot of negative connotations with them. One of the most common being harshness. Mm-hmm. You know, so when, um, for example, some women might think that with a religious husband, they won't be able to relax and be honest and open in their relationship. They might think that. Um, it will be serious all the time and they won't be able to laugh, and you know, th- there won't be any lightheartedness in their relationship, and therefore, believing that with a religious husband, they will be unfulfilled, which mm-hmm. I think is a huge issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sorry, I can hear my son. <laughs> that's okay, Understood.
0: that's absolutely fine. Yeah, so sorry. you're right, there is this stereotype, and and we have to question where have we got that stereotype from um, yeah. that we can't ignore that the media portrays religious men. So when we, you know, it's not just about the outer appearance, but we yeah. have you know, if you're if a, if a guy has a beard, I don't even wear a or wears a thobe. Um, mm-hmm. What images are we given of, of that kind of man? And it is he's very stern and very strict. And yeah. um, so, OK, and so also culture. Culture
1: also plays a part, you know, cultural stereotypes play a part in that. And, you know, unfortunately, there is some level of truth to the cultural stereotypes, you know? Um, but is that connected to what it truly means to be a religious man? You know, if we look at the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he was the ultimate religious man. He was the messenger of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You know, and when we look at the dynamics in his home and his relationship with his wife, I mean, he used to race Aisha out in the street, you know, when she would drink from something, he would take the the cup or um, um, bowl or whatever it was, and he would drink from the same area that she drank from. I mean, mean, is that not romance? Is that not... um, Intimacy and love. yeah, yeah, it's not, that. there's nothing harsh about that. So I think our idea of what it means to be religious, as well as, you know, um, our cultural stereotypes and what we are fed in movies and TV show, they all, they all play a part, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Because then what happens is with that stereotype, then a Muslim girl may be thinking, well, I don't then want to marry that kind of guy because I won't, there there will be no romance. There'll be no, um, there'll just be harshness and um, he's going to be, it's all about rules and do this and do that. That's the effect of that. And so the thing is that we need to be much more savvy about, are we absorbing negative stereotypes about Muslim? Because we could flip that and say, the same kind of stereotypes uh, exist about Muslim women who are religious. And then men are thinking, looking at them thinking, oh no, I'm going to have a really boring marriage. Um, And so we have to be much more mature and intelligent, you know, and discerning. So that would be one of the first things. So then, okay, so I think you've kind of answered this question a little bit already, that how do we recondition ourselves about, because ultimately the guidance we're given when choosing a spouse is that, of course, you know, there's different reasons you can get married. So it can be looks, it can be wealth, it can be family and it can be Dean. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... If, and the emphasis on the deen is what we should follow. Um, of course, you know, so how do we recondition our view of, um, you know, quote, religious men? Well, first
1: of all, just to kind of um, say something on what you just said there, you know, like Allah gives us um, uh, what to look for first. And he gives us, you know, deen first, like you said. And we need to ask ourselves why, why he does that. Why does Allah tell us to look at deen first? Um, Because if we look at people and we look at life, people change. You know, the person that we marry might not be the same person in 10 years' time, Mm -hmm. you know? So we need to look at why Allah tells us to look at deen first. And it's because through the deen, through deen, we will get our rights, Mm
0: -hmm. you know?
1: If we are going by the deen, we will, you know, see the importance of our husband's rights. So uh, that is why we are told, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not sure if it's in the Quran or in a Hadith, but we are told that good men are for good women. You know, so if you mm. want a good man, be a good woman. Uh, and if you are a good woman, look for a good man. You know, and good is a uh, state And... The standards of what good is comes from Allah Subhanahu and
0: his advice through Kram mm-hmm. and Sunnah. Now that's interesting what you said about rights that um, people um, are, and this is something I've noticed, people don't want to talk about rights because that seems, because again we're kind of thinking um, well as long as what, what makes me happy is what I will look for in a spouse so one of the things that he should do is he he's there to make me happy. Now, of course, marriage is there an opportunity to gain happiness, gain tranquility. But in Islam, there's more emphasis, if there is emphasis, and and, and we can't ignore it, that a husband has rights and a wife has rights. And when we're, you know, researching and planning this put pr- the, the stuff we do before we get married, it's important to educate ourselves about well. What, not only what are my rights, what's he going to give me, it's what, what is he, what is he can have? Because that's the more, that's an unselfish way to go into marriage.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing is, is Allah doesn't tell us that we can't have preferences in other areas. Allah tells us, look at the deen first and then look at everything else. Mm -hmm. So we we can look at other things, what's their hobbies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But when it comes down to it, through all the struggle and everything that you will face, because, you know, life is a test uh, and marriages can be difficult. When it comes down to it, you have to be able to go back to the Quran and Sunnah because they are what will keep you as an individual satisfied and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. you know and, and that's on both sides the responsibility is on both sides and that is the very foundation that your marriage should be built on so that no matter what happens throughout life you can go back to that and you'll be fulfilled through that
0: yeah because again going back to the dean, that so okay so you you should look for someone who so when we say dean, what kind of things is a is a beard and is it the outer Parents that would um a woman should. Look I mean, for? how do you judge someone?
1: No, definitely, it could be a part of it. You know, um, uh, looking like a Muslim, um, in terms of how they dress and everything, does have a level of importance. But at the same time, it's not just solely down to that. Clothes are nothing more than material. It's about the person under them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: so for me it's all about remembrance you can really separate a religious person by even just the basic conversations you know like just constant remembrance and the conversations that you commonly have and i don't mean always talking about um the study of islam for example like um i'm trying to think of an example (laughs) because me and my husband we are talking about religion We were talking about, me and my husband were speaking about um, a, a video I'm looking to react to
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that is based on a non-Muslim, uh, and we were just kind of talking about him and, you know, his uh, credentials and stuff like that and some of the things he's known for saying, and automatically we start going into, like, connecting that to our dean and connecting that to things Allah tells us in the Quran and connecting that to other examples of people who are are religious and the mentality. And so um, being Muslim is about looking like one, acting like one, their essence kind of is Islam
0: because Islam is a priority in their life. Right. So that's the kind of, so for um, a a young woman, because these are, because what I really want to, people need practical islamic advice you know kind of life advice yeah and that we don't want to there's lots of general advice out there isn't there um but so for yeah. example okay like one of the ways that i think we should like in islam there's a strong emphasis on references that okay pe- you know people are fearful that um they can say they're islamic but how do you know if they truly are are they being honest with you you know they can say whatever they want to to you um mm. so the, it's, Islam puts a lot of um, emphasis on getting references about them from people who know them, and so that's something that women should be doing. And so now, someone might think, well, with the internet age, how do I get a reference from someone I meet online? So now I would say you would need to question that. When you do meet someone online, you can't get genuine references. But when you meet people through other, like fr- people who know other people, people through the masjid through your family, using real people connections, and then you can find out what are they like? Is that something that you did when you were looking into getting married?
1: Um, so my second marriage was a little bit different um, in terms of how we met. Um, so I, I won't get into that online. Of course, but yes. what, I, what I will say, though, is that, If you want to know if a man truly respects you, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he will ask you immediately for your wally details. I mean, there will be no other um, conversation. Mm
0: -hmm. There will be
1: no other conversation. You know, if he's asking for your wally details, that is the utmost respect. That's how you know that he's taking you seriously as a human being, as an individual, as a woman. Anybody who tries to small talk you is wasting Mm -hmm. your time. Even that's if it. they look religious on the outside and they have the best of character on the outside, if they're trying to talk to you in private or trying to have private conversations with you, they, they don't respect you.
0: That's a Not brilliant a point. Yeah, so that's yeah. it. So, so sisters, you really need to so the guy should ask for the details of your wali. Wali is gar- the guardian in, in Islam. So that could be your father. If your father's past you know isn't there, then a male relative who his whole, the whole job of the Wally is to protect your rights, is to look out for you, Absolutely. is to, it's, it, you know, like like, like a PI if really. If has your best
1: interest at heart.
0: Yes. And they will ask the difficult questions. They won't, you know, because a guy can't muck around with another guy, whereas he can easily sweet talk you. And, and and thank you so much, Aisha, for saying that private DMs and let's meet on our own you do not want to do that, that in Islam, we no. do not meet in seclusion with a non-mehram man. And again, this no. is, a, so these are things we need to educate ourselves about. And because, um, so, okay, because so, that's, you know, there are things there in pr- this practical advice that the Sharia has given us, and it has mm-hmm. life implications. And so when you're thinking, how do I know if I can trust a guy who says he's religious, that's how you find out. And now, okay, if a guy then he does contact your wally, it doesn't mean it has to be like quick, quick, that's it, we're getting married. You still, no. you take your time. You ask, you have yeah. these conversations. Chaperone course, conversations. Cool
1: you, need to, you need to get to know who the person is. You you need to get to know uh, how they communicate. Are they good at communicating with you? Um, is there any like kind of red flags? Do you not trust them from the get go? I um, uh, Uh, do are they religious I mean do they look like they're practicing their day are they you know going to the mosque for their prayers or you know all that kind of stuff you need time to figure that out but you do that and the boundaries set Mm -hmm. by you know you don't take that task on yourself because no matter how good you are or no matter how you know um you are at reading characters Mm. we are still people and we still have limitations and there are people out there who are very capable of lying and deceiving the best you know uh, of minds so it's about humbling yourself and if you yourself are really serious about finding someone that you can live a life with um, who can fulfill you and you can fulfill them, you need to um, start with a solid uh, Islamic foundation.
0: Mm-hmm. So, now as far as the role of the family, then, because it's some people, um, it's becoming quite common um, to bypass the family. Um, or think, I don't want to get my family involved until I'm sure, or my family won't, I need to check the guy out first. Now, th- I think that's quite a precarious position to put yourself in, um, But when you don't get your family involved. First of all, in Islam, you, you must get your family involved. Um, but what would you say, the ben- what can you practically see were the benefits of getting your family involved?
1: I mean, these are people who have your best interests at heart, Mm -hmm. you know, like they want to see you happy. Your family are the people who want to see you happy. So sometimes with us, when we get an idea of what a person is and what they can bring to our lives in our head, we run with it. But Mm -hmm. just because we have the idea in our head doesn't make it true. Yes. You know, so we need outsiders, people from a non-biased perspective, to look in and say, "Is this actually the case? Is he actually religious? Is he gonna, you know, treat her right? Is he gonna financially look after her, and, and all the other stuff that comes with the the husband role?" Mm-hmm. So they are our protection. It's the same as the wali. The walis is there representing you. Then you have to get your your families, you know taken that. Now, the thing is, is a lot of families are not also, like, the thing is, is with some families, they're mm-hmm. not always following, you know, the uh, criteria of looking for um, the best spouse for their, their child. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also kind of messed with, yes. with the issue you're you're talking about. But at the same time, um, there's even processes to that. So don't not get your family involved because your family don't always go in accordance with Islam. Then you need to go to your mosque or you need to go to an Islamic centre. You need to get a mediator involved who's going to uphold the Islamic rights and then have discourse between the family and you know, the potential spouse and the, the, the person um, looking to get married that there's processes to these things so don't do yourself harm by shutting your family out even if mm. that's the case you know because yes. a lot of sisters do that and it's such a dangerous place to put yourself mm. and it also you you know you could set yourself up for being really hurt and it's it's not yes. nice you know and you really need to protect yourself from that
0: yeah I think there's the emotional um heartache it can cause you and um and then you feel like you don't want to then you're put off marriage because of those bad yeah, experiences but I, I think that the stories that I hear the real stories that I hear that people they sometimes put them they don't think this through. so they're going with they're either infatuated with someone they're allowing to think with their heart or their hormones rather than and again let's you know and lust rather than thinking the way Allah tells us to think in the decision making you have to be calm you have to be objective um mm-hmm. you have to balance it out with looking at what in what does Islam say here because the love the romance that will all happen after the nikah it's like mm-hmm. it, it, we've, t- we've been totally taken in by the rom-com idea of having all the love and romance beforehand it's, it's like that's what's mm-hmm. our kind of yardstick yeah. and if you think about in rom-coms you know when they, they do everything, the, the couple will date and do everything, and then they introduce them to their parents. And it's like mm-hmm. this really awkward and thing, and, oh, you have to agree whether, they, they're not actually asking for their blessing, they're gonna do whatever they want anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see happening in between Muslim, the way Muslim marriages are being conducted. Um, yeah. But that is not our way.
1: It's not healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. We are, we are given this guidance for a reason because yeah. this is our creator and he knows us better, you know, like both men and women. So, um, I mean, we just need to have faith in that. We yeah. need to have trust and faith in Aghaas Panawata. He's our, our provider. He's our protector, mm. you know. So, you know, if you make sincere do what it is you're looking for and then you go with, you know, um the right intentions you get the right people involved inshallah we'll give you what you need you know
0: yeah that's so yeah so so really the message would be that i I would you know when we were we spoke at the beginning about the different voices that we're hearing and i think we really need to question um those um influences that we're allowing to dictate, and that is what's happening our, the way we are going to, you know, when we're looking for a husband, what we look for them. Now, one, like I, I've noticed as well, I don't follow any particular, actually I don't follow any Muslim couples, um, or even um, women, married women who, they're on, um, they're online, so on social media, and they, they'll speak about their married life, or even, you know, you have videos like our dating phase, or how we got married, or I married my best friend, and when I look at that, it's 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 so un the 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 lifestyle that they're encouraging young women to adopt, and and you, and you think you that's again that is such a, that's become a really big influence. So people look at that and think, I want that. If they're they're so in love now, and they were so they knew they, you know that they were the one. And they yeah. gel together. So like It's like a Muslim rom-com on YouTube, basically. And yeah. I just think, again, we have to... They are not well, the people the we thing. should follow. It's
1: not, it's not a Muslim rom-com. It's a rom-com, for sure. Yeah. But it's not a Muslim rom-com. You know, if you really want that, then you have to, again, go back to your day. Um In terms of rom-coms, though, if we actually look at uh, the kind of stories that pan out in these things, there's always some sort of um tragedy or like controversy uh, controversy that happens you know like the 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 story always takes a turn for the worse or goes down a dark road mm-hmm. um so really if you're going to be honest with yourself um and that's the thing it's storytelling it's it's not mm. real you know yeah. it, the, the, the the aim and goal of a story is to heighten your emotions and kind of mess about and so we need to be careful of how much of that we take in mm. you yes. know we really really need to be looking at content that is food for the soul rather than the emotions and the, the mind and you know we at i, I generally I genuinely don't have a TV in my house. I mean, I do, but not in my living room uh, mm -hmm. because it's not something we do as a family. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's a great way of kind of preserving that part of you. I mean, for many different reasons, not just for this this specific topic, for many reasons, it's not good to constantly watch movies and TV shows because they do condition how we behave as well, whether we realise it or not. Mm -hmm. So if you want a, a true muslim love story look at how the prophet was with aisha awesome. i'll be pleased with mm. you know like it, it, we have everything there everything is there that we need the guidance is there the stories are there the examples the motivation the ins- inspiration is right there we just need to go to the right sources to find them
0: mm-hmm. alhamdulillah i think that's a really good good place to end inshallah um Jazakallah khair for taking the time to come on to the podcast. Uh, It was really nice speaking to you. And um, and so, Inshallah, if um, sisters want to find out about more of your content, where can they find you?
1: Um, So I'm on YouTube and Instagram as the Scottish Revert Teacher. Mm -hmm. I also do some videos for BBC The Social, which is a Scottish platform um, within the BBC.
0: Mm. Um, But yeah, no, look me up. Excellent. Actually, can I ask, are there any books or, well, books that you would recommend for sisters to read about um, marriage and preparation for marriage? Or is it really, um, is it the Sira? basically? Is that what we need to go back to?
1: I think, you know, a good book based on the Sira is um, The Sealed Nectar. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing book. Um, there is sources out there. I would just be very conscious of who are the authors. You know, we we don't want just popular muslim like you said um, role models that are on social media we want mm. them from people who have actual qualifications and can go back to the sources because there's plenty of books out there on marriage that help both the man and the woman you know because it's a two two-way thing you know and um, there's plenty of stuff out there um but yeah just keep going back to the guidance in the Quran uh, and look at the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam, look at his life through books like The Sealed Nectar. And um, as women, we should also be looking at the best of women and the best of examples for us. And that's looking at the wives of the Prophet Sallallahu
0: Wasallam as well, so. Excellent, that's, that's, because that's that's something practical women can start to do today, go start reading the Seerah. That I think that's excellent advice. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Inshallah, we must speak again. Uh, and uh, may you know, Inshallah, I hope you have a lovely day for the rest of the day. Inshallah. You too, Take care. As-salam As-salam you. As-salamu alaykum. This episode is brought to you by farhatameen.com, a website that specialises in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome, so visit farhatameen.com today.